Are you blessed? I think we'd all agree that we are blessed in many ways. The fact that we're here this morning means that we were blessed to be healthy enough to get out of bed and to get ready, blessed to have transportation in some form to arrive here, blessed to be clothed and fed. And those few things that I've mentioned, that's just a tiny fraction of the blessings that we enjoy. We could talk about blessings of family and friends, jobs and careers, houses, cars, entertainment, and so many other things that we enjoy as well. God has certainly blessed us in many ways. So what, what exactly is a blessing? How would you define that term? Usually we, we think of a blessing as something that makes us happy. A blessing is the, a good thing that God puts into our lives. A blessing is something that we want to have. And appropriately, when God gives us these sorts of blessings, we thank Him for them. In our gospel today, however, we hear Jesus saying something surprising. He takes what we think about blessings, what we know about blessings, what we think and know about curses as well, and he flips those things completely on their heads. Our other readings certainly help us understand better, but this lesson, our gospel in particular, makes it clear that Jesus defines blessings differently. Now it goes without saying for us that Jesus is worth listening to. But look in this account to how he drives that point home to those who first heard these words of his. As Luke records, Jesus had already spent time calling his disciples, allowing them to see his ministry, observe his miracles. He spent a night in prayer before setting aside 12 of his followers to be his apostles. And then, as our text records, he went down to an, an open place, a, a flat place, and that's where the crowds met him. They came from the coast, they came from the cities, they came with diseases, they came with evil spirits, and all that many of these people wanted to do was just, just touch Jesus, because they saw that he was allowing his healing power to operate in that way. So do you suppose Jesus had their attention when he started speaking? He lifted up his eyes toward his disciples, and as you heard, Jesus announced a series of blessings. Blessed are you who are poor. Blessed are you who are hungry. Blessed are you who weep. Now, I don't know how the people reacted to this. The, the Bible doesn't tell us about their reaction. But I know my reaction when I hear these words. Don't you kind of wonder whether Jesus got his note cards mixed up? Or there was something wrong with what was on the teleprompter? 
people were coming to Jesus in large numbers to have him fix their problems. And he seems to tell them that they should instead embrace the problems. He seems to tell them that the problems are actually the blessings. These people don't want to be poor. These people don't want to be hungry. They don't want to weep. They certainly don't want other people to hate them. But yet those four things are the exact four things that Jesus calls blessings. The things that he says makes, make people blessed. The people to whom Jesus first spoke these words, these shocking words, needed to hear them. And so do we. They, like us, far too often failed to understand true blessings. They, like us, too often failed to look at the world the way God would want them to look at the world. Sinful people often see the world according to our very narrow perspective and according to our own selfish goals. But the reality is much more complicated. I don't know whether I'm blessed just by asking the question, well, do I feel happy right now? Blessed are you who are poor, because yours is the kingdom of God. Riches can't buy our way into God's kingdom. Those who are poor understand that they have nothing to offer to God. They rely on Him completely. They know that it has to be a gift from God to be a part of His kingdom, and that's exactly what it is. If you are in God's kingdom, well, then it doesn't matter what kind of earthly wealth you have or don't have. If you're in God's kingdom, you are truly rich in the most important of ways. Blessed are you who hunger now. Blessed are you who weep now. It's not the hunger itself that's the blessing, the weeping that we focus on. It's not about what's happening now. The blessing is found in the fact that you will be satisfied. You will laugh. Jesus teaches us to, to look beyond our immediate circumstances and situations. He has something better in store for us. He's promised us an eternity in heaven. Those who are part of God's kingdom may still be poor and hungry and weeping for a time, but the time will come when they will not be. And at that time and in that most blessed place, we will be completely satisfied. We will be completely happy forever. That's good news. That's news good enough to overcome any struggle and any seeming difficulty that we might face right now. 
That means it even overcomes when people hate and insult and exclude us because of our relationship with Jesus. See, this is truly a wonderful opportunity that we have to gather together as a church family, to be here in church together. And think of how much more amazing it must have been to, to have been in that outdoor church where Jesus first preached this sermon, to hear it directly. One of the blessings of a gathering like this one and that one is that we, we can encourage one another. We have in common our relationship with Jesus and so we have in common our outlook on life. But our lives also take us to other places. Our lives intersect with people who don't feel the same way as we do about Jesus. And sometimes, sometimes people mock and they ridicule and they put down Christians and Christianity. And you know what Jesus says about that? He says, rejoice. Leap for joy. When people do that to you, they're doing to you what they did to God's prophets. They're doing exactly what they did to Jesus. There's no greater example than Jesus of one who was hated and insulted and excluded without any reason. He lived a perfect life absolutely spotless and faultless, but he was persecuted and rejected all the way to his death. And in that death, in the most unlikely of places on the torturous cross, we find the greatest blessing that this world has ever seen or known. In that death, the sins of the whole, whole world saw justice and punishment in that death, the punishment that we deserved was put on someone else. It was placed on Jesus. And that death of Jesus, the Son of God, was precious enough to pay for every last sin. And he rose from the grave to proclaim that we too will rise. That's what completely flips our perspective upside down. Without Jesus, the best that we have are the things that make us happy in this life, the things we enjoy in this world. Without Jesus, our lives can be no richer than what we own and what we eat and what we have to entertain ourselves. Without Jesus, those pleasures of this world, that's all that we have. And what comes next is horrific because it's exactly what our sins deserve. Does that help us redefine blessings? Blessings aren't those things that make us happy right now. They are those things that God uses to, to bring us closer to Jesus, those things that He uses to keep us close to Himself. And so, yes, that means that absolutely at times those blessings may seem painful and unpleasant. You heard in our second reading about the Apostle Paul and his thorn in the flesh. This was something painful. It was something that bothered him. 
and troubled him. He begged God to take it away again and again. And God said no. Paul could have shaken his fist at God and said, clearly you don't love me. How could you do this to me? You are unfair. Look at all that I've done for you, and this is how you repay me? But he didn't. Because God led Paul to understand that all he needed and all that he had was God himself. That thorn in the flesh was a valuable reminder in his weakness. Paul had no choice but to rely on God, and so Paul could rejoice in his suffering. He could rejoice in his weakness. He could rejoice when he was persecuted. He could rejoice because he had God. He had his Savior. He had all the strength that he needed, and that's why right now Paul is enjoying the glories of heaven. And that's what Jesus wants for you, too. So to drive home that point, he takes all four of the blessings that we've discussed and he turns them around. Woe to you who are rich, well-fed, Woe to you who laugh now. Woe to you when all people speak well of you. And yes, I get it. There's a part of us that cries out, if only I could be cursed like this. But the curse is exactly what it is. If we think that we have all we need without Jesus... One day our comfort will be gone. One day our laughter will turn to mourning. It ought to capture our attention that the people who were constantly welcomed and praised and beloved were not the true prophets of God. They were the false messengers. They were the prophets of their own imaginations. Jesus defines blessings differently. Jesus talks about blessings that we are, we are hesitant to want. And he talks about curses that sound incredibly good to our sinful natures. So he calls us to reassess. Have we found comfort in places where we shouldn't? Do we feel secure because our bank account is growing and our health is good and our friends and our family members are happy? Do we think that it's a, it's a curse when we get sick or when a loved one is taken away from us? Out there in the world for people who don't know Jesus, don't have Jesus, the worst possible thing the worst possible thing imaginable is that the end of their life will come. And sometimes that sort of thinking sneaks into our own lives too. But it's not the truth. Our Savior turns that notion completely upside down. The things that feel to us like curses are really blessings when they bring us closer to our Savior. 
when they remind us to rely on His strength. And even our deaths bring us to our Savior's side in heaven. So the things that so often come to the the top of our list when we think about blessings, those things can actually draw us away from Him and from His love and from His salvation. Jesus defines blessings differently. And He wants you to be truly blessed. Rejoice in His love. Amen. I invite you to please stand.